of psychedelics, uh, I'm basically talking about you know? alkaloids uh, with... Uncle Sam had a meeting with a demon It said pledge allegiance Sun was beaming Diamonds gleaming Under the orange tent Forge the fail All of a sudden shit went to hell Oh well I'm all good Everything is moving just like it should Hey, Dre Minus provides a soundscape Similar to a young Dilla Mixing some no idea All figures Money's root of all evil Then it's fuck Skrilla So get money and get evil Throw evil at stripper titties In a well-lit city after a shooting Life is confusing Rules of apology Misdirected philosophies Speeding ticket, parking fees Grocery store, cars cutting off Going for more Off with their head, then drag them off of my shore Mafia with no poly Is your dome Get in tune, my only ology is bio Stuck in the future Like I was jumping from the cryo I owe nothing to you So it's fuck me, huh? It's fuck you too Bam Bam Boogie A dance fitness uh, business which is focused on forming fearless females so I want to help females feel fit feel confident feel sexy in what they do inside and outside of the classroom so it's not just about uh, fitness you know getting a nice body how you feel and how you walk into this world confidently because once a female gains confidence or increases her confidence she can literally do anything and a fun fact about me is that I have three passports. So I'm British, Nigerian, and Canadian. And you can find more information about me at my Instagram at bambam underscore boogie or my Facebook page, bambamboogie.fitnessworkout. All right. Thank you. That was an amazing introduction, Introduction, Bam Bam. Um, I appreciate you for doing this interview. And yeah, this is a, this, this is a great expansion. I've been looking to speak to very influential entrepreneurs. I stumbled across your page, and I was I was amazed by your story, your work ethic, uh, the way that you you've uh, connected yourself to dance culture. And from there, I just you know I, f I felt this need where, you know I think a lot of people with amazing stories, you know, should at least be able to have a platform, to, to show the world. And I'm happy you're here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Chase. Awesome. Thank you. So uh, I'm going to jump right into it. I would like you to tell me about your early life before you were a Google marketing specialist. What experiences helped mold your mindset? Cool. So about my early life. So I grew up in London, England to Nigerian immigrant parents, a family of five. I have a younger brother and an older sister. I lived there in the same home for 14 years. And then my family decided for a better life to move over to Toronto, Canada. It was a good time. It was right before the recession hit. So, you know, the economy was booming. So we moved to Canada. We're able to afford a much larger home um, and we're able to live a better life. However, obviously when you move at 14, all you ever really want to do is kind of fit in, have lots of friends and kind of be cool. But obviously me, I had a British accent. I was black. I looked completely different. And people in Toronto where I lived didn't really get that at the time. It was kind of before they had a huge wave of people moving in from the UK, from Europe. So I kind of did get bullied a little bit and wasn't really as comfortable in my own skin as I was living in the UK. So the only time when I was actually really able to find myself or find friends was 
within the Caribbean Caribbean culture. So I made a group of uh, Jamaican female friends. And if you know any Jamaicans, Chase, you know they're very outgoing, very confident. They don't really give a fuck. Yeah. So that, <laughs> yeah, that helped me to build my confidence. They taught me about dancehall culture, how to dance, how to, you know, move my hips, something that I had never really been taught before. So that was really how I grew up. And after living in Canada for about 10 years, I went to university there. I always did well in school, regardless of every situation. I didn't like school necessarily. I didn't like the situations that they put you in, that you had to be in classrooms, you had to do group work. And it was just so boring. But nevertheless, it was a memory game. I cracked the code and did pretty well in school. I was able to go to the University of Toronto, where I got a degree in human resources, sociology and um, economics. So I graduated from there. Um, a year before I graduated, I was able to get onto a scheme at Google as a online marketing specialist. I had never really planned to work for Google. I didn't even really know that Google had jobs. That wasn't just for engineers. But I saw the opportunity online and I just applied, of course, not thinking I was going to get the job. And no way was I thinking that mm -hmm. me as a strong black female was going to move over to Dublin. Hell no. But <laughs> you know what? the job and google somehow persuaded me to go there um and what experiences helped mold my mindset so i think the main experience that helped mold my mindset would be moving to canada because like i said at 14 13 you just want to have friends like all you care about is your friends you care about clothes shoes like all this really superficial stuff and me moving there not having any friends it really kind of shocked my system and made me realize that, oh my gosh, I really need to be independent. Like I need to navigate this whole new community on my own. And if I don't do it on my own, like my parents aren't gonna come to school and help me find friends. So uh, that just really helped me realize, like be much more self-aware that, listen, you need to know yourself and you need to just be really aware of who you are and independent so that you'll make it out of this uh, situation. So I guess that built, that built resilience. Well, that's really amazing. You know, going through that, I feel that when when kids are young, it's easy to pick on someone different. You know, you being black and British, I I think that yeah, no, that that's just awful. But I, the fact that it, it you didn't take it, you 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 took it, but you didn't take it and say, well, I may as well just feel feel terrible all the time. You said, you know what, I'm gonna form a new set of friends, people who are gonna accept me and love me. And from there, in a way, you, you fell into something that has really changed your life. And what was the first dance that you ever learned when you uh, started to do these, uh, you started to hang out with more Jamaican folks uh, from the and get involved with the Caribbean culture, so to speak? Oh, that's a really good question. My first dance, oh my gosh, Chase, I don't even think you want to know the first dance now, but <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> Obviously, I did dance when I was younger, but that was completely PG. It was when I went to one of my friends. Um, it was one of my guy friends from school. Shout out to Kamal Chilla. Kamal Chilla Palmer. He's a music producer in Toronto. So it was like maybe it was his like 14th, 15th birthday party. And we went to his house in the basement. And he's really into Jamaican culture. I think he still goes back quite regularly. And he was like, oh, do you guys know what daggering is? And I was like, hell no. I don't know what the hell daggering is. Like... I'm just this girl from the UK. Like, I didn't even know what bumping and grinding was. So, and then he proceeded to show us what daggering was using me as an example. Now, Chase, 
if you don't know what daggering is after this call, feel free to search on uh, YouTube Jamaican daggering and you can see that that was the first cultural dance style that I learned <laughs> as a <laughs> I, I think I might be slightly familiar with it uh, too much, but I'm, I'm assuming it's a little bit more explicit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Say the least. I, I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just a lot of a uh, yeah bump and grind middle school dance. Yeah. yeah. Hip hip gyrations. Typically one male, one female. Um, a male lead. And yeah, it's, but it honestly, like all jokes aside, it is so much fun. And that really brings out confidence in, like that brings out confidence in any person to know that they can be flung around in the air like that and still land on two feet. I really think they should put it in the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Daggering Olympics. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to search that afterwards because I, I believe I've seen a little bit of it. You know, I, I think, you know, when they're flipping women all that, oh my goodness, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got. I, I might have to try that later. Talk to my girlfriend. Just, just say, hey, we gotta try this new dance routine. <laughs> you will love it. Tell her I said full body workout. Full body workout. All right. Yeah, I think I think she'll be in from there. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, from, you know, from all of your time, your experience, would you say that uh, Caribbean dance music is your favorite style of dance, or? Do you have any outside influence influence outside of a uh, Jamaican cultural dances? Mm-hmm. Mm, I would definitely say that I don't have one favorite style of dance. I feel like creating Bam Bam Boogies made me kind of create my own style of dance. Mm-hmm. Because when I go to dance school classes, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is cool, this is great, but it's not exactly what I do. So sometimes I find it a bit harder to pick up the steps. And then when I go to hip hop classes, that's like way too much. Boom, cat, 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 five, six, seven, eight. And then Afrobeats classes, it's a lot more, um, I guess, just more African than I'm used to. Like the way that they're moving their hips. Like even though I'm Nigerian, I was never really taught specific afro dance like the dance style they're using now so i'd say that it's really my favorite dance style is just me however i feel like i want to move my body sometimes i'm voguing sometimes i'm twerking sometimes i'm just rolling around on the floor (laughs) and to me that's dancing that's moving my body that's making me feel happy so i definitely say that my own style of dance whatever that is it can't really be contained wild wild dancing that's my favorite style of dance yeah well i think that's pretty awesome because i believe true artists what they do is that they can take their influences and almost you have to kind of be like a chef you know i need a dash of this a dash of that you know i feel like with you you uh figured out the puzzle piece of all right well maybe for this structure this might work better here this might work better Mm -hmm. here so I, i think that's really awesome the way that you're mixing dancing you're making it more creative and fun. Yeah, thank you. That's all I want, really, Chase, is for people to come to my class and have fun. Like, have you ever been to a aerobics class before or, like, a fitness class at the gym? Um, Let's see. I, I do martial arts. I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is very much – it's close contact and uh, a lot of – it's a lot of wrestling. And uh, I've never done aerobic dancing, but I the, the closest thing I've done to, like, a, a workout class outside of jiu-jitsu is yoga and okay. I, I do have a friend who's trying to get me into CrossFit, so I might have to take that up. But I, I've done yoga, but I've never done any uh, dance classes. 
So maybe okay. I, I, I might need to step up my dance ability after this interview. <laughs> yeah, just jump into a Zumba, your local Zumba class, Chase, and see what you're working with. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I need to pick, I need to pick up my rhythm. <laughs> That's for sure. Anyway, but um, my next question is, uh, is a uh, is, is I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about your transition from working at Google to running your classes full time. So I would like you to to kind of bridge the gap between these two time periods. You know, you know, you you realizing that you want to start your own business and that you want to you want to go follow your dream, what you really want to do. You want to do what you love every day. I would like I would like you to talk about that transition. Okay, cool. I will definitely 100% break it down for you in detail and in a little bit of a timeline. So, um I officially left my job in February 2017. So, sorry, 2018. So that was 2 months ago, right? And what how it works at Google is that you have promotion cycles. So you can get promoted twice. Um there are two times where you have a potential to get promoted in a year. And I was expecting to get promoted at my job, like in my mind, based on my performance in September. No, sorry. Yeah, I think it was sometime maybe September 2017 or sorry, April 20, April 2017. Mm -hmm. I was expecting to, you know, be up for promotion or whatever, whatever. So I found out that I wasn't going to get promoted, even though I had worked so hard for it even though in my heart and people, other people in my team had thought, you know what, she deserves it. And I wasn't going to get that. And that's when I realized like, wow, like I literally put my, I put my own business, like my own Bam Bam Boogie business, I put it on a back burner so that I could focus at Google so I could get promoted for like, I guess just social self-esteem and just for my own self-esteem to say, you know what, look at me, like I'm promoted. And when I realized that literally that day, it's when it literally like clicked to me. And I was like, wow, I literally spent this much time putting into something I don't even really like that much when I could have been putting that into my business. So that's as soon as I got that click, I realized that, you know what, sometimes you're going to work for things in life and think you deserve a type of credit from someone else. And then just because of someone else's opinion of your personality, not necessarily your work, you may not get the um you may not get the recognition that you deserve. So once that hit me, I was like, shit, I don't want to work for someone. I don't want this to happen to me again, whereby I think that I've worked so hard, but then I don't get uh, recognition. I don't get that in return. So I was like, listen, no, forget this. I'm literally just going to focus on me, what makes me happy and what's going to make me a solid foundation of a business that I will then be able to always run my own business and be able to manage people in a way that I think is respectable. So that day is when I signed up for a course, April 2017, I signed up for a course to become a personal trainer because even though the industry right now for fitness is very unregulated, you can kind of just create a class out of nowhere. I know that along the lines, further down the line, as fitness gets more popular, they're going to start regulating it much more. So I don't want anyone to try and come and tell me I don't have the right accredit accreditations to teach my class. So I got a, I signed up, I got the last spot at a personal training course and I did that for six months. So that brought me to September of 2017. So I always knew, sorry, October. So I always knew that from that day in April, I knew, you know what, at the end of the day, I'm gonna leave this company and focus on my own business. Uh, so I stayed until I did the course until October, got my certification, 
started running classes more frequently in in Dublin to save more money because I obviously know that when you move countries, when you lose your income, start your own business, you need savings to pay your rent, pay your bills because all the money that I make from my classes, I want to inject directly back into the classes. So I realized that in October, I'd finished my course and then January, I had saved enough and that's when I handed in my notice to um, leave Google. So just to kind of break it down, into simple terms because that was kind of long my transition was it was disappointment it was hurt that i didn't get the promotion that i wanted which then turned into wisdom like shit i need to get my shit together with my business which then turned into me becoming a certified personal trainer sports nutritionist which then turned into me having saved enough money over the last nine months to be able to say you know what google listen i don't need you anymore i can do it on my own that's pretty incredible i think Wow, because you know, if you talk to a lot of people, they would say, "Well, why would she leave Google? That's such a good company." And the fact that you had to go against the grain, and you had to, you also went through the pain of, of you know, working for something and being denied. And mm-hmm. yeah, see, yeah, yeah, that's very that that says a lot about your character, your strength and character. And personally, I think some people deep down have this thing inside of them where it's like if you deny me you can push me down I'm gonna keep on getting up and I think you you have that mentality because well this kind of leads into my next question but you know when you work at anything you love when you build up when you're trying to build a company you have to jump over a lot of obstacles and you have to fight a lot of fights so what were the biggest obstacles you dealt with when building your business well, I would definitely say the first one would be the fact that I started building my business at work. So I don't think I actually mentioned that to you, Chase. So um, Bam Bam Boogie started actually at Google. So my first class that I ever ran was run at Google inside the gym for free. Mm. So I did it at a 20% project. So it was just part of my time um, as at my job was used to start Bam Bam Boogie. So I used it as a diversity project to encourage that in the workplace. So once a week for 18 months, I ran Bam Bam Boogie for free. I did not get paid for it at Google and it became one of the most, well, the most popular uh, class at the gym that was run, by an, was run by a Googler. So that's how it started. And I think that even though it started in that place and in that space, which is amazing, like running a class at Google, like who would ever think that, that actually became one of my biggest obstacles because you get comfortable. Like I had consistent people come into my classes. I was getting consistent praise, consistent feedback. People wanted me to do team events. Like I got a lot of opportunities within the company, but then I had the obstacle of, oh shit, I haven't been getting paid for this. So now when I want to get paid, how do I put a price on something that I've been giving away for free for 18 months? It's kind of hard to now bring up your own value because I've just just valued myself at zero. So now how am I going to find a price to value my work because it's been free this whole time? So I definitely think that was my first obstacle was valuing my work. The second obstacle would be um, family and friends. Although a lot of my family and my friends encouraged me to do what I want to do now, um, at the beginning when I would talk about Bam Bam Boogie, I guess they wouldn't really see it as something serious. Like they always saw it as a side project. I remember, I think it's probably a year ago now, one of my friends told me, oh my gosh, and if you were ever to leave your job for Bam Bam Boogie, I would honestly just be like, are you crazy? What do you think you're doing? 
because she just didn't see it as something that's like a serious project. Yeah, for sure, do it on the side, but you need a full-time job. She would never see that as being my full-time gig. So I think that was one of my biggest obstacles, overcoming listening to people who are so close to me. And then I'd say that my third obstacle with Bam Bam Boogie is the nature of the business. Because it hasn't really been done before, and if it has, it's been done on quite a small scale, um, it's the fact of selling something which isn't clear. Like, say, for example, Chase Zumba. If someone goes to a gym and says, can I do Zumba classes for you? That's easy. It's an easy sell. They already know the brand. It's very clear. Bam Bam Boogie or even Twerk Fitness on its own, some gyms I go to, gym managers don't even know what twerking is. So then I literally physically show them and be like, this is it. This is an exercise. And it's like, how do people take take you seriously, you know, as a businesswoman when you still do something that is quote unquote seen as a sexual move or whatever. So I'd say those are my three biggest obstacles. Friends and family, um, overcoming the nature of the business. And the first one, which I said was, what was my first one again? Was, my biggest one. I believe it was starting your company within Google, you know, actually beginning yeah. your project there. Yes, yeah, exactly. Having it as valuing my work. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you, well, you have one hell of a list personally because what you had to deal with was complacency where, you know, you have a lot of opportunity within your company, but you don't want your, uh, what your vision just to lay within Google. I, I think that mm -hmm. you took you took it and you you know, you took something personal, you displayed it at your workplace, but you wanted to expand it on your own terms. I think that's beautiful. And when you when you brought up, you know, dealing with the pressures of family, friends, you know, their opinions, it's it's hard not to listen to them because, you know, you, you value you value them. But also at the same time, I think a lot of successful people and if you're an entrepreneur, you need to have tunnel vision at points. Would you, would you say that at, at points you just, you just had to block out a lot of the negativity you came, coming in your direction? Yeah, 100%. It's like sometimes you just have to sit back and remember your goals and remember where you've come from and be like, all right, you know, you know deep inside you what, what's good, so just keep going. That's it. You can only just show them. Exactly. Exactly. I think, well, I think that's amazing. And then, well, yeah, because the thing about twerking also, it, it can be taboo. It's actually taboo in the States in some ways, really? you know? Yeah. Well, um, well, because in, in the United States of America there, we have a, like twerking is usually associated with hip hop. And when a lot of, uh, a lot of people who don't know a lot about hip hop culture, um, they usually associate it with violence and stereotypes and a lot of it racial stereotypes and I, I think what you're doing like trying to explain twerking to people who don't understand or to people who are maybe I would say th there could there could even be things such as religion you know who who they feel like that dance is too obscene or and what you see is it, it's just culture you know it's it's I think what you're doing is you you're kind of breaking a lot of a uh, cultural stigma with what you're doing and just showing and just showing that this goes past you know it just being oh I'm gonna shake my ass or anything it, this goes to you know empowerment confidence I I think you're bridging the gap in in a lot of ways and especially in that direction this is this is more than just an exercise like this is to empower people you know this like yeah it may look it, it may look 
sexual, but aside from that, like this is it's culture and it's and it's fitness. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But um to to kind of segue into my next question, sorry. What what do you feel is uh the future of Bam Bam Boogie and what is your overall goal? What is, what are you striving toward and what do you feel like is going to be your biggest battle? Um, oh, yeah, good, really good question there, Chase. Plus, I like the way you say bam, bam, boogie. You say it with so much power and enthusiasm. <sighs> the B, bam, right. bam, boogie. <laughs> That's right. I might pop, need to my drop, my drop when you know it drops my hottest mixtape, bam, bam, boogie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll be your DJ. I'll be your DJ if you need me. Yes. <laughs> So uh, the future of Bam Bam Boogie, um, great question. I haven't actually thought about the long-term future of Bam Bam Boogie in a while, but literally I want it to be a household name. So just like how everyone knows Zumba, I want everyone to know about Bam Bam Boogie and what it means to, what it means to make people feel comfortable outside of the space at the gym. So I want like a seven-year-old girl to go to school and tell her friends like, oh yeah, like me and my mom were doing Bam Bam Boogie like at home, like that's what we did on the weekend, you know? Like we went to Bam Bam Boogie, like it was so much fun, like that's just what we do. Like it's a place for people to bond and a safe space. And then there can be community of Bam Bam Boogies around the world. So Bam Bam Boogie or Team Boogie meetups where people meet up, not just to dance, but to discuss ideas, to share visions, to um to interact with each other and just feel feel empowered i definitely see it being a global brand bam bam boogie and most likely i do see myself continuing to be the face of the brand but definitely letting someone else take over in terms of the admin um because i'd much uh, rather get into motivational speaking telling more people about my story about my journey going into schools inspiring young girls to, you know what say even though the situation you're in right now may not be that great, don't worry about it because you can build something better for your life. Um, so that's really what I see as the future of Bam Bam Boogie. And I think one of the biggest challenges I will face in Bam Bam Boogie is keeping the brand consistent. Because when you grow a brand, like I look after the brand right now, right now I look after everything. Like I don't have anyone on board my team, like all the social media, all the brand work, like I do that all myself. Now, when you start expanding, sometimes that can get diluted. So the authenticity of the brand can get diluted. So I think that's something that I'm really gonna struggle with when I scale is it's okay. Even though I'm making the company bigger, how do I still keep it that authentic fun, that authentic fun vibe? Because the more people you get involved in it, sometimes it can kind of take away from uh, the main message. Exactly. You know, because, I mean, you you worked at a corporate environment, so you have, you have more experience than that with me. I've never worked in a corporate environment like that. But I, I feel like you, when it comes to the growth, I, I see a lot of, I see a lot of good things happening for sure. Because, you know, j just this conversation, I mean, look at what the internet has done. I'm talking to someone in London and you're talking to someone in the United States. Like, to me, like, that's that's an amazing thing. And I feel like with what you're doing on social media and what you're doing through word of mouth and your classes, like that vibe, that feeling is gonna transcribe in many ways and it's it's gonna help 
layer, your foundation, along with your work ethic and the actual groundwork that you are doing, I, I, I see a bright future for your company. You know, and, and I think that I think that what you're doing is great because dancing is um, something I'm not good at. <laughs> you know, I'm not very good at, but I love culture. And even the people like me who maybe are a little nervous, like, I don't know, I might try some dancing or, you know, I got a girlfriend. At, like, I, I might even encourage her to want to, you know, try, you know, try, try a program. I think that no matter what, your word is going to travel as long as you keep on doing what you do and stay consistent. Thank you, thank you so much, Chase. And I would I would like to ask you: Do you have any advice for up and coming entrepreneurs? Because you've gotten so, you know, you you've you've broken a couple of barriers on your journey, and I think that you would be able to provide some really good hindsight and and uh, virtue. Yeah, for sure. I definitely have advice for up and coming entrepreneurs my first piece of advice would be start now um so if you have an idea let it out of your head so many people have ideas that they sit on for months years decades and they don't do anything with it and then when someone else comes out with their idea they're the first people to complain they're like oh well you know what? i had that idea first and it's like yeah but bobby you didn't do anything with your idea that other person went out there and executed so if you have an idea, honestly, just start. Um, Bam Bam Boogie was in my head. Not Bam Bam Boogie, but a fitness class was in my head for a while. And it took a really dark period in my life for me to actually go ahead and execute. So I would recommend just start now, start today. Um, another piece of advice I have is that get out there and meet people and just get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like you may feel like, oh my gosh, I don't want a message this person on Instagram, they have like 150,000 followers. What if they don't reply? All those thoughts that you are having in your head and all the worrying that you're doing, you could have used that same time to just literally shoot them a really quick message. And if they reply or if they say no, well, that's it. You keep trying, you keep knocking on doors. Because the thing is, no one's going to know your work until you tell them about it and you show it to them. So just literally get comfortable with being uncomfortable and put yourself out there as much as possible because you never know the next door you knock on could be your big break. Um, the third piece of advice I have is that keep your mental health number one, always put yourself first, because realistically without you, your business is not gonna run. So you need to be extremely self-aware to become an entrepreneur because it's not easy, it's extremely lonely. Like I was used to having a huge team around me at Google. I think there was 40 of us and like, I was literally like the team clown always running around the place twerking at work like so much fun so to go from that to just being completely alone is a huge shock and you really have to be there for yourself and motivate yourself and always speak positively to yourself otherwise you will literally just crack and just completely flop on the business so those are my pieces of advice it's definitely to put yourself out there it's to look after your mental health and most importantly, as an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, make sure that you actually start doing the work. Execute, execute, execute. That's right. Execution. Execution goes goes under a lot of radars. But the fact that you went out there and you found you're currently you're uh, instructing your class at an MMA uh, gym, I believe, right? From what I've read. Oh yes, that was in Dublin. So Dublin, yes, it wasn't an, an MMA gym, which was you know very uh wild considering that <laughs> mma 
tattoos definitely do not twerk. <laughs> so I was doing that in Dublin, but now in London, I found a more appropriate space. Oh, it's okay. a dance. It's a dance studio, but my dream chase is for it to be at a gym. Perfect. Officially at a gym, part of a gym program like Zumba. I think I think you're on your way to achieving that because to to bounce from an MMA gym because I know like a lot of MMA people who are into martial arts can be very uh, especially the men you know like we're we're gonna be yeah. uh, we're gonna be, you know how guys are especially in um yeah. you know doing martial arts we can be very uh, ego to the point with our masculinity like I don't want to you know go dance and do yeah. this and that because we're gonna look weird but it's like you know what. Dancing to me is one of the most, especially breakdancing, one of the best exercises ever. You know, like, as someone who does jujitsu, I see these breakdancers, I see that, I, I think I could apply that if I, you know, put that in, but I, I apologize too. I thought uh, London, I, I misread the, the post, but I gotta say, yeah, though, no. oh, it's all good. I, I gotta say though, I, I think that your expansion is going very well. From what you've done in in uh well when did you first you said that in April twenty seventh seventeen that's when you really started to get your official certification to be a fitness trainer right yeah correct yeah but the class but my first class ever was in May of twenty sixteen in Google May of twenty sixteen so yeah. in, in two in almost two years you've made so much groundwork that you are now in London and you are currently teaching your own classes at a studio, right? Yeah, correct. Well, that's gross to me. And I, I just see, you know, and you've been putting in the work consistently. I see, I, I see the results and I'm the type of person, you know, I really, I, I try to be as honest as I can. And I, I don't think you're doing anything that's hindering you. I think you're putting in the work. I think you have the right attitude and that's that's exactly what you need. You have the work ethic, the attitude, and you're making it happen and you have a magnetic personality and also I believe your background in Google is such an advantage because you, you can see you can see the holes in a lot of corporate industries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So do do you have any podcasts movies or books that inspire you or uh, motivate you to get up in the morning and kick ass and do what you got to do? <laughs> um, so I love Gary Vaynerchuk. Like I said, like he has just like been such an inspiration and a motivator for me. I remember listening to him all day at work, like literally like just having my headphones in, listening to Gary V, letting me know that, you know, what, I can get this done. So Gary Vaynerchuk for, for sure, Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point and Outliers. Those are really, really, really key. Um, I love those books. And I feel like if you want to build a business or if you want to cause a social epidemic, those books will help you at least have a clear framework and lay a foundation for that. Um, in terms of podcasts, don't really listen to movies, don't really watch TV that much, but shout out to Black Panther because that is just honestly a going to leave a legacy in this world honestly i've never seen a movie like it so many powerful black female character leads so that was amazing so that inspires me to kick ass you know what maybe i'll be in black panther too yeah <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah that's really it i also meditate every morning using headspace so that really gets me in the right headspace and obviously god i'm a christian i'm consistently praying 
on whatever I want, whatever I feel like I need, praying for others. So that always is always motivating me all day, every day. All right. That's wow. No, med- meditation is key. Do you, um, do you follow any certain breath patterns or any uh, mantras in your head? Um, so I focus a lot on the breath. I do an everyday headspace program, which means it's only three minutes every morning. And there's a new lesson every morning. Like this morning's lesson was something to do with focusing in every moment, like trying your best to just be in every moment, like right here in this podcast. It's like me trying to listen to you and take in this moment for what it is instead of thinking about, oh my gosh, after this, I have to do my laundry. I need to wash dishes, that type of thing. Just being in the moment and being present. So that's really dope. I like it a lot. Yeah, being in the moment. that, that That's something I can struggle with too because taking up, projects you know as you know you've you've taken on a lot through these coming years i feel like when when we take on a lot of things and a lot of pressure it's easy to to think oh oh, what am i gonna do next and then after this i gotta do this so i have to hurry up on this but taking a breath and just realizing okay i'm right here i'm podcasting we're in two different countries two different time zones but we're able to communicate and you gotta, I think we live in one of the best times ever. Uh, there's a lot of, yeah, people like people like to say that we're in one of the worst ages now it bothers me, but I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I 100% agree with you. <clears throat> exactly, it's incredible, but uh, I, have, I have one more question and, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. It kind of it kind of circulates uh, back to empowerment, and I've I've seen some footage of you instructing your classes. You really seem to empower women through dance. What do you think makes it so strengthening to your students? Um, I really think it's just the way that I come in every class with such a positive attitude. Like it doesn't matter what happened the day before, the hour before, the minute before. I know that as soon as I walk into one of my classes, boom, I'm being, I'm on stage pretty much. Like it's a performance. It's not just, it's a performance. It's not just a class, you know, it's, I'm there to be the best, the best version of me that I can be. I have to bring the energy. I have to bring the vibes because at the end of the day, I'm the teacher. They're paying their, they're paying their money that they work hard for to come and see me and work out with me. So I really need to make sure that I'm bringing the vibes, I'm bringing the energy, and I'm making them feel like, you know what, they are the only girl in the world, just like Rihanna said. Mm-hmm. Because literally, in an age, um, females, we don't get enough support. We don't get enough, my minor- minorities in general don't get enough support, don't get enough encouragement. Everyone's always comparing with each other or competing. And I'm just like, you know what, guys, here we are, and we're hearing this together. And we're here to have a good motherfucking time. And that's it. That's the motto. <laughs> that's right. That's, I, I don't, I don't know if you could say, you could have, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is a little hoarse. I don't, I don't think you could have, <laughs> I don't think you could have said it better. I think that's beautiful. You know, people, what you're doing is you're showing another side of culture, which is, you know, uh, Caribbean, uh, Jamaican music, uh, dance. I, I think that's beautiful because the Jamaican Jamaican people are honestly some of the most nicest, welcoming people I've ever met. You know, I think that's, I, I think if you can bring that, if you're bringing that positive vibe, that energy, you're really, you're changing someone's day. 
You know, you're, you're changing yeah. someone's day. They could have had a bad morning, coffee spilled on their lap, but when they go to dance with you, I think I think you're bringing something, an element into their life that they need. Literally, a hundred, a hundred percent, and that's what it's all about. It's just bringing positivity, and I love holding my classes after work because work sometimes can just be so draining and so depressing. So many people don't like their jobs or they have horrible bosses, and I just want people to come to my class and just know that they are enough, they are worthy, and you know what? Here, I make you feel special. Even if you don't feel special at home, if you don't feel special at work, here is your time to feel special, even if it is just for an hour a week. Wow, so, yeah, you know what? That's, you, you put a lot on your shoulders. I can see that, and what you've done is, yeah, I, I think what you're doing is you're putting, you know, this, this pressure on your shoulders to create your own um, your own program and what you're doing though also at the same time is you're lifting this weight off their shoulders so I think mm-hmm. I, I think that what you're doing is it is paying off and it's it's expanding and it's growing because from everything you've told me I think you've hit the ground running like do you feel like you just hit the ground running and you've just been at it and you just you go into this <clears throat> almost tunnel vision and focus because you can't worry about hate or uh, negativity when you achieve and when you work at it. So I I think what you're doing is incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chase. I really, really appreciate it. And I've had such a good time um, being interviewed by you today. It's been an honor. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bam, bam. Now I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the floor. And if you have anything you want to plug, anything you want to say, message, uh, you know, if you want to give people your social media handles, anything, just go for it. You have the floor. It is yours. Okay. Thank you so much. So I'm one of those go with the flow girls, whatever's placed on my heart. I just have to say it. So basically what I want to say is that literally whatever's on your mind right now, whatever you want to do or whatever you think that you cannot do, but you know, deep in your heart, deep in your gut that you want to do it. Honestly, just go for it. And I promise, promise, promise you that you will not regret it. Regret is the worst thing that you can have. So honestly, if there's something that you want to try, even if it's something so small as like, you know what, my mom told me not to eat Chinese food, but I really want to go try Chinese food. Listen, go out there and try your damn Chinese food, <laughs> literally. Like you just need to do whatever you want to do because so many people are going to have opinions in this life and they're going to project their fears onto you but you need to make sure that you live the life that you're given to your fullest potential because honestly at the end of the day that's what it's all about tomorrow is not guaranteed so do you boo boo wise words of bam bam boogie and that's it chase it's a wrap perfect thank you i appreciate i appreciate you uh giving me the opportunity to interview you i've had a great time i've learned a lot i'm gonna google what is it daggering Dagger, <laughs> yeah, daggering dance <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll look that up. I'll make sure to look that up. And like I said, it's always a pleasure. I thank you for your time. And yep, that's it. Thank you so much, Chase. It's been amazing. And thank you for your questions. I can't wait for the podcast to come out. I will definitely um, take edited an edited snippet of it and post it. Um, yeah, I just really appreciate it. Thank you. The pod, this interview also came for me at the perfect time. 
because I didn't realize some of the stuff that I'd actually done. So it's just nice to reflect sometimes. So thank you so much. I've had such a good time on your show. Yeah, exactly. And um, I just from everything you've told me, you've really, you've really put a lot of groundwork in. You know, a business is is tough. You know, but it's I, I think I, I see something blossoming for you, and I would like to interview you again uh, whenever you feel. And uh, I would like to get updates because I see this company growing and growing and growing, and it's going to be a household name. It, it's catchy, bam bam boogie, rolls off the tongue perfectly. I. I, I think you got this. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Chase. It's been a pleasure and I will happily be interviewed by you. It doesn't matter when, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Listen, as soon as they say it's Chase, I'm like, yeah, for sure, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully it will, be, it will actually be face-to-face -face in a, whatever. It's I'll go to London. I'll go to London if I need to. Oh, 100%. I'll fly you out, Chase. Not a problem. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> I love to travel, so that sounds good. <laughs> uh, that sounds amazing. So, yeah, once again, thank you for your time. And, well, everybody, I'll see you in the free world. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Bye, Chase. Bye-bye. There we go. Can you buy me another one? Ah, man. Oh, shit. Hey, we got to get another one. Hey, I be flexing on these niggas. Flexing on these niggas. Hey, I be flexing on these niggas. Flexing on these niggas. Hey, I said my new bitch bad in my old hood habit.
get jumping, tell them dope boys come get at me. I be flexing on these niggas. Flexing on these niggas.